Hello and welcome to another episode of Snapshots Made Yesterday Podcast. A podcast for tomorrow. Today I've got my good friend Kit on the podcast. Uh, She's going to talk a little bit about her career in theater. Something I've never actually gotten to talk to her about. And now is as good a time as any because... We had quite a bit of time on our hands, so we got to talk about it a little bit. So we're going to move over to that. But before we do, when I asked Kit if she would do this, she agreed on one condition. That I don't ask any math questions. So I'll give her a call here, and uh, we'll just see how quickly I can get to a math question. Throw her off. Hello. Hello, Kit. Yes. Hello. I am calling about <laughs> your high school algebra test. Oh, I'm sorry. She stepped out for a minute. <laughs> uh, how are you? I am. I am well. I am healthy. I'm not too stir crazy, and I hope the same goes for you. First of all, thank you for agreeing to this. Um, I just kind of started a podcast and just been having fun talking with people since we haven't been able to get out and actually see anybody. My question to you is, what what got you into theater? What was it that got you in? My first, the first thing that I can remember kind of doing that I absolutely loved was in, um, kindergarten and... Well, let me preface this by saying I spent a lot of time with my grandmother because mom and dad worked so much, and I spent a lot of time with her. She lived right next door. So, you know, I knew my alphabet, you know, that kind of stuff uh, all by myself. She always told me that I used to pretend a lot and that, you know, the mailbox had a name, you know, the big mailbox that you would pass if you were walking down the street. And there was, I was always pretending, but kindergarten, for some reason, my my beautiful teacher, I remember her like she was standing next to me. Her name was Mrs. Almore. And Mrs. Almore wanted me to be Mother Goose in the, in the kindergarten play. Now, it was because I was chatty or animated. I, I have no idea. But, you know, it's a kindergarten play. It's, it's what, 15, 20 minutes long? Right. But I could just remember that whatever I did, I don't remember exactly what it was, but whatever I did, people laughed. And whatever I did was, was making somebody else happy. I know that seems kind of weird. But, you know, um, not not that I had, it wasn't, you know, abusive childhood or anything. It's just mom and dad were busy and they were tired. And they didn't necessarily have time to put up with my shenanigans. Um, right. And I had an older sister, but she was five years older. She's five years older than I am. So she's not necessarily interested in, you know, what a, a five years younger kid has to, to deal with. So that was always something that I wanted to, you know, it was always something that I was drawn to. I could be a different person. I could, you know, if I was having a sad day, I could be a sad character or a sad, you know, I could be a sad lion <laughs> or I could be a happy flower or I could, you know, be whatever that was. And we moved around a lot when I was a kid, not an army brat, but, um, mom and dad, um, found a way to supplement their income by getting it's just like property flippers is now Oh, okay getting a house redoing it living in it until it was redone and then selling the house yeah so in the course of my childhood i went to three elementary schools and i went to two um middle schools and I ended up going to three high schools. Wow. One where we were living in Connecticut and then when we came to Florida, two different high schools. So honestly the only and it it's not that we I moved from county to county. They just found, you know, it it was it was you know, they grew up pretty poor. 
so I understand their their ambition. So you just do what you needed to do for the family. They didn't complain much about it, but I didn't have a constant, you know, best friend. Yeah. My constant was if somebody was doing a play or if somebody was making puppets or if somebody was doing, you know, you know, singing along with the choir, that I always somehow could fit in. Maybe not necessarily, you know, make a solid friend. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, because we move so much. But that was that was my constant companion. And that that uh, desire to bring happiness to others. That's how I remember it. But yeah. now that I think about it, <laughs> it's clear, isn't it? It's crystal clear <laughs> that that was. I I needed to go and do that so I could, you know, that was my friend. Right. Now, so, where so where are you originally from then? I mean, born, I'm, I'm I guess. From, um uh in uh Norwalk, Connecticut, which is um if you know the song 45 minutes from Broadway, it's not too much longer than that. It's probably 48 minutes on the on the train line. <laughs> but when you think about Connecticut, you always think about, oh, like from Annie Mae, oh, you live in Connecticut. Yeah. That's not the Connecticut that I grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My Connecticut was, you know, uh, you know, even, you know, because I was born in 65. Even my schools, my classes at the time, I still had um, – friends that their family were Italian and like their family, like their moms and dads were not born in the United States. Right. I had three girls in one of my middle schools that were from Puerto Rico. So we're, it's, it's middle class, maybe a little bit lower than, um, I didn't really think about that at the time other than there's, I have, I have a whole crayon box of people <laughs> that I went to to school with, you know. So, well, and you know, I didn't. The there is, you know, my, my favorite kind of music is Motown. Right, and, and the, the, then when we were, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say the the it's the childhood innocence because there everything is equal when you're a child. I mean, really, at least. When I was yeah. when I was a kid, you know, there was everybody's on the same level. There's no scrutinizing of anything, and it's just as you get older that starts to come into play. But kids are kids. I mean, they see that's that's what they're going mm-hmm. to do. They want to run and play. It doesn't matter. They they don't see color. They don't see money. They don't see anything, which is great. No. They they see somebody that's that's um, smiling at them. <laughs> it's just it's just as easy as that. Or what do you? It's curiosity of each other, but it's not it's not based on anything that kind of gets. I don't even know if anybody actually says something about it, but you'll you'll watch how other people do things, and you're like, why are they all together? Why are they all together? Yeah. But when we moved to Florida, when I was sixteen or just before I turned 16, um, the high school that I went to, it was clear that you did not hang around with other people. And that just, um, it ticked me off. (laughs) (laughs) It really did because, you know, one of the friends that, that I can name that I was friends with for like two and a half years solid, my friend Terry, um, she happened to be African American. You know, we made up our own dance routines. She got, you know, so her family listened to Motown, and I couldn't, you know, the first money that I could scrape together to buy myself an album, it was Stevie Wonder. <laughs> nice. You know, meanwhile, my mother, by the way, was listening to Broadway tunes. <laughs> my mother is a, a bit of a performer in her heart. Ah. So I get it, I get it honest, but the, uh, um, <laughs> uh, you know, there is. She, I don't know that she ever had ambition to do that, but she certainly did enjoy it. Enjoy it a long time. So, so you you performed uh, as a child, but what was the was there like one show or one role that you ended up doing when you were younger that put you on the path even more so into theater? 
Um, yes. My last year in Connecticut High School, um, our musical director, um, who was also, by the way, um, the high school football coach. Oh, wow. Huge guy. Um, his name is Lou Sisto. He's still, I, I'm still in touch with him to this day. Um, he would recruit some of the singers, some of the male singers from um, his football team. You're going to try it. And you're just, because that's how he put himself through his musical education was he was a linebacker. He's a big guy with a huge, beautiful tenor voice. Um, a laugh that would, I mean, it's, it's still the same to this day. When you became part of his tribe, you never left. Ah. He was encouraging. So my, I was there my, um, my freshman and part of my sophomore year. And the beginning of the sophomore year, they did Man of La Mancha. That's pretty ambitious for a high school. Um, <laughs> to this day, there's people that I am have reconnected with over friends, uh, Facebook and social media. You know, after a while, when you grow up and you move from high school and then from state to state, it's not like you write your friends or anything. Right. You really don't do that. So, like, a, when Facebook started, we started looking for each other. So that was, let me see, that was 19, that would have been 1981 that we did it. And most of the people that were getting solid, you know, the, the speaking roles rather than the chorus were seniors. But, and we all had to audition and do all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was never like, I'm going to teach you how to audition. It was give it your best shot. Or I want you to think about this and give it your best shot. Um, so I got to be the housekeeper, which was one of the roles, not a main role, but there's, there's, and it just, it made me feel so special and it was not, um, I certainly, people didn't, a lot of people didn't know me cause I came from a different middle school. Yeah. All the kids that were there, um, would, um, they knew each other from another middle school, so my going there was like starting a brand new thing all over again. But that was it was Man of La Mancha, and to this day we all um, were still pretty much in touch. He he believed in us, and he made us believe that we could tell that story. Um, you know, we had to you know you know because there's the you know Aldonza's rape scene is in there, so that had to be. Um, kind of tilted and we understood what he, you know, we understood what it was, but that was just something I, I couldn't, I, I thought, shoot, shoot, maybe I, I kind of have an instinct for this. I think I have a shot at it. So that was that. And it sounds like that his, uh, his belief in everybody's own skill, like that, that's really powerful that he, he believed that much in you all. It didn't matter. There were, you know, he knew you could do it and pushed you naturally, I guess, pushed you to that, to try it. You know, and I don't, I don't know how he could connect to each and every, each and every one of us always felt like they were um, super special in his eyes. For me, when it was time for us to move to Florida, middle of the year or middle of the my sophomore year I had start I had just started to take voice lessons hadn't done anything you know it wasn't like it is now that kids you know start from when they're little little and it, that what that didn't happen in my house you didn't yeah. take dance. what are you taking dance lessons for <laughs> you can dance dance fine you know you don't take voice lessons but um he was doing voice lessons, and I think the voice lessons at the time were like $10 for the hour. It was really more to help us kind of learn a little bit, and we would have to learn some pretty um, uh, advanced things. You might not have sang it, you know, eventually, um, but he didn't want us to start with baby things. He wanted us to have a goal. So... I had maybe had, well, just that first part of the year, um, every Saturday, having voice lessons. He didn't have a whole lot of time, too, so there wasn't a whole lot of us that were that were doing it. Yeah. Um, but he, 
as soon as we found out that I was leaving, of course I was devastated. I found my person that believed in me, that had time to, you know, it's not that my parents weren't, were not encouraging or anything. There was always something to be done at the house. You know, everybody had not necessarily just chores to do, but, you know, mom's working late, so we're making dinner. We're cleaning up dinner. Right. We're doing the laundry. We're doing everything that needed to be done. It was that kind of a household. Saturday morning cartoons was not a thing for us. So when I found that person that believed in me, it was really, really devastating. And he just at that time said, forget what you're learning now. I'm going to give you a brand new piece. And um, it's, it's from a, it's it's from uh, an American opera, but part of the um, language in it, part of what you sing is, um, once I thought I'd never grow as tall as this fence, time hangs heavy and slow. Um, but as the as the song goes on and on, the song tells the story of. Okay, you didn't think you'd be as tall as the fence. Then you didn't think you'd go beyond the fence. Now that you're taller than the fence and you can see beyond, there's a world out there. He never said that to me. He taught me the song so I would learn it on my own. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. it's just, I mean, that's, that's the kind of person, that's the kind of educator that puts you, you know, and when you're that age and you're not, you don't have a whole lot of friends, it could have gotten, and at times when I went, when we were living in Florida and people were, you know, they're not very nice to the new person and you're a little chubby (laughs) and you want to be loud, but you want to try to fit in and all that kind of stuff (laughs) Um, is... His his belief in me, I I didn't go to the dark place. Right. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's not that I didn't see what the dark place was because I felt it a lot. I mean, you know, I was. But it was I, it was a lifeline. Well, it it really truly was my first day of a new school because we had already registered. I didn't know anybody. I got on the bus and I was beaten up. I was completely beaten up. You know, it wasn't the time when there was a, a bus monitor, you know, yeah. find a seat and sit your ass down. No <laughs> one will let me sit down. You can't sit on the floor. Yeah. It was, and you know, it was, it was not good. There were times that I'd be like, what is, what is the point? But I always went back to listening to music that made me happy and listening, you know, what what do I do that I feel I still have a connection to? And I still had a connection to him. So, you know, graduation, somehow um, one of my, my friends um, that I made a connection with in Connecticut somehow had told him how to reach me. And he had sent me a graduation card. Oh, wow. Um, and he was like, I just, you know, want you to know that, you know, you're you're graduating and you're doing your own thing. You have to be you have to be with your family and, you know, you have to be part of your family support and they're going to support you. But it's graduation time now. And you're going to go beyond the fence. <laughs> he remembered the piece from oh. two and a half years prior. That's the kind. I mean, I I don't talk to him often. Um, I, I'm more on Facebook with his wife Joy um, than I am um, probably. I mean, we message things back and forth, but it's it just floors me to this day. It makes me emotional to think that out of all the kids that he taught. Yeah. Out of and he and he taught in different states too. He eventually moved to Tennessee. He's retired in the mountains now. We all feel exactly the same way. We all have a memory from him that is exactly the same. 
Right. He made us feel like we had something to contribute. That's huge. That's pretty powerful, for sure. It is. It wow. is. Um, you know, sometimes I, <laughs> you know, you go through hard things in your life, or you've, you've lost somebody, or, you know, when you're younger, oh, God, they don't love me anymore. <laughs> you, you kind of go to the thing that, that makes you, that fills you up a little bit. Theater's always done that. Music has always done that. I'm a little dyslexic, so um, reading music, um, reading scripts are a little difficult for me, but nobody will work harder on it than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a cold reading, I'm sure, is uh, always fun. Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's, abs- it's absolutely terrifying. So, But it also told me to try to be prepared as much as I can. Oh, and yeah. to when there's, you know, a moment when I'm trying to figure something else out, maybe that's not a moment to figure out the word. Maybe it's a moment to be the character. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Bring, so I went there... to college, studied that, and then my first job was um, stage managing for a professional company. Um, they were kind of a cabaret company, so oh. I had got my... Um, um, uh, American Guild of Variety Artists is kind of like an equity contract. It's another, it's another union. Yeah. And then within two years, I had had my equity card, and I was twenty-two. Wow. I know. That's pretty so. good. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, it's, then you're you're you know for the longest time. Oh gosh. I mean. It was it was work 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 work. I was never really a person that um, <laughs> there's an expression that I probably shouldn't um, say if we're being taped. I can probably say "Don't poop where you eat." I can say it that way. <laughs> Don't yeah. poop where you eat. Um, so dating within the community to me always seemed like other people were getting their hearts breaking left, broken left and right. So you know, I had more ambition than anything else, and I did a lot more stage managing to support myself than I did acting. So that kind of get that kind of got to be well. I can just go on to that. I just go on to that. So I got away from some acting for a while. And then um, I had met an actor. <laughs> um, and his name was Steven. And he was, uh, he was kind of the same, like me in that I, you know, not, not really a date around kind of person, you know. So we had started to um, uh, plan a life, and then he was unfortunately killed in a car accident. Oh, my gosh. So um, that was a lot of, um, you know, what do, am I still, I'm going to be the person that's going to, because I, I mean, if you, Justin, if you ever met him, you would know my loss. Yeah. Just, he is just, just an amazing person. Rather than, I mean, it, it helped that he had a beautiful baritone voice too, but um, just an amazing person. So I never thought that I was like, you know, you don't, lightning doesn't strike twice. You just don't get that lucky. Yeah. And then four years later, I got that lucky and I met Kyle. And how long have you all and been we were married now? At, um, we're married 21 years. 21. So I was a little bit longer in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> When we got married, um, um, but we were both um, working for the Burt Reynolds Theater in oh, was a, a um, an acting a professional. Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, it was a professional theater, but it also had an apprenticeship program that was through it. He was their technical director. He had been their technical director for like two years. And they had brought me on from, I was working at another company um, as a production stage manager for a show. And then the um, the uh, other stage manager left for another opportunity. So I was there for about a year. And then again, it's just, it, I 
I just couldn't believe that there was this person. I, I couldn't believe, you know, that somebody that understood what I loved. And then, you know, your heart opens up again. You're like, how does lightning start to strike twice? <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, Stephen's birthday is, is coming up in June. And Kyle knows that I'll go and light a candle. He's gone with me before. He's yeah. like, whatever happened before me made you who you are. So, you know, what do I want you to not have love before me? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Life's crazy, isn't it? It it most certainly is. And now, so what? What ended up bringing you all? Because you're uh, to Kentucky and uh, near Stephen Foster. Well, Kyle is a Kentucky boy. He's born in Owensboro, raised there. Oh, okay. Um, okay. He went off with Nebraska, Nebraska Theater Caravan for a couple of years. Um, his brother had moved from Owensboro and worked for city of Bardstown and Kyle had come one summer to stay with him. And then he had, of course, you know, Foster had been, Foster's always been there. I don't know about this year, but Foster's always been there. <laughs> um, and he had talked to the guy at the time, his name was Bill Coleman that was running it. And then the next summer he was their props person and then by the next summer, he was technical director for Foster for like three years. Oh, okay. Then he got some, a call from somebody who knew somebody, because that's how it is, to work at the theater in Florida because Burt Reynolds was building the new facility that was there. So that's – and then, of course, I don't know if you remember, but Burt lost all his money. <laughs> <laughs> It was a terrible divorce with Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, that doesn't um, that doesn't help anything. No, and he was also um, the person that was his money person, as far as that new theater was concerned. Um, was was a smart businessman, but I don't necessarily know that that person was an ethical businessman. because ah. when the theater closed within two months. He all of a sudden had the money to open it up as the Quillo Theater, which was that guy's name. <laughs> so using Bert's name to get people to donate money to build this new educational theater facility. And then three months later, have it become a roadhouse. Everybody's blood, sweat, and tears for that three-year period. Oh, my. You know. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's a special place in Hades. Yeah, bad blood um, there for sure. <laughs> um, did a couple of things. Um, still stayed in Florida for about um, a year or two, just under two years after that. But it was a lot of schlepping to Miami and then, you know, working at this theater. And then a lot of it was um, South Florida has um, a huge um, Jewish community and they love theater. And they are huge supporters, but they also like their particular brand of theater. So you'll hear it'll be there's and actually just what a year ago there was the revival of Fiddler on the Roof that is done in Yiddish. Yeah, fantastic, beautiful. But a lot of a lot of the stuff started to be only that, um, and that was a little bit okay. I've done you know I don't speak Yiddish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your speech manager. I don't speak Yiddish. I mean, whatever came up, I've run sound before. Not well, but I've done it. Um, uh, run light board. Kyle has built, you know, built, painted, run sound, run whatever for a while. And then one night when we were working down in Miami, uh, he had left later than I did. And he was stopped at a, um, a stoplight and somebody in front of him got pulled out of their car at the stoplight and like they beat the guy to a pulp. Oh. And Kyle's like, you know what? I'm not a city boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really, really not a city boy. Uh... I think I think I want to go back to Owensboro. You know, and we weren't engaged or anything then. Yeah. Um, but, you know, been together like a year and a half. And then I was like, well, you know, you gotta do you. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. And we were separated probably, well, let's see, I think it was going on 10 months that we were separated. Oh. And then finally realized that um, 
I didn't want to be separated. And I also didn't know that theater was making me as happy as I was when I was with him. Ah. You get to a point when you're like, am I, I going to do this by myself? Yeah, I love it, but part of my heart's in Kentucky. Yeah. You know, and I was raised up north. Lightning, <laughs> lightning struck twice. So, uh, but you had that. Yeah. Are you are you are you really going to give up that gift? Yeah. So when I moved back here, there's not you know in this area, there's not necessarily a lot of um, opportunity. Um, I still wanted to keep my my equity card because I still had my equity card. I probably should have then and then just worked that way. But the more that I was trying to make a life with him, the more that it started to be like, well, gosh, I don't have to just wait for Mondays off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kyle, Kyle was also, he's always been designing something. So he was, he would always do landscape design and he knows a lot about plants and everything. Um, so, he started to study on his own more that he's a landscape designer. That's what he does for a living. He does it really, really well. So that kind of came into, well, that's what it's going to be. And for a while it was really, I mean, when we moved to Kentucky, that was in 97. I didn't do anything. Let's see. I've been back doing theater six years now. Is that it? Uh-huh. Wow. I just there was one you, community theater. Um, pretty. I mean, I just, I just happened to look. We, we had Kyle had known some people from the community theater in Bardstown, but they, um, the people that were doing it at the time were very. Um, well, why don't we? Why don't you just give us your name and we'll let you know if you can help out. Oh Are yeah. Are you guys not having a paint call? <laughs> you know, I'll come and paint. I'm not, and it wasn't even, you know, what's your next show? I wasn't asked. We were asking about, because Kyle and I both come from big community theater. Right. Mine was in Florida in, in Lake Worth. And that got me, I got to go to England. I got to go to the most beautiful theater in the world because of that, you know, but everybody did something. Yeah. You didn't get to audition for a show unless you had worked on a crew. You had to work on a crew first. Wow. Right? Reinventing the it, wheel. Oh, my gosh. It, it was, the Blakeworth Playhouse has been there forever and ever, and Kyle was the same way in um, uh, when he was in Murray. He was helping to run the community theater that was there, Playhouse in the Park. Um, and two of our, the guy that officiated our wedding, Playhouse in the Park, he ran, he ran Playhouse in the Park for 20 years. <laughs> so weird. Um so that kind of, you know, I was like, well, if somebody doesn't want me around, I don't want to be around if somebody wants me around. <laughs> so, yeah, I was working at a, a little gift shop that, that sold costumes and wigs and stuff, and the lady that was running it was nuts anyway, and she got sick, as they like to say in the South. She dropped her basket. <laughs> she dropped her basket. Um, luckily, I still had my managerial skills, so I was running her shop, and then we started to do this um, uh, It's when Facebook first started, and I got one of those Jim Henson puppet kits. Oh, yeah. And I and I made the puppet to look like the lady that had had the store for almost 30 years. Everybody knew her. She was crazy <laughs> Miss Trudy. So I used to do a little – and she loved it. She loved it because, I mean, she's, she was crazy, but it was also – even if we would have her do kind of strange things, she still loved it. It was still fun. Yeah. And then from from there, um, somebody at community theater, they were doing hairspray. And they couldn't find anybody to play um, uh, the matron or the gym teacher. A lady had gotten cast, and then she realized that sometimes it's the person that's played as a lesbian. There's a couple of jokes in there you could take either way. Yeah. And she threw a fit and laughed. And this was, you know, because they were like, just try it this way. And she threw a fit and laughed. So um, somebody that I kind of knew that used to come into the shop said, 
you used to do that, didn't you? And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, gosh, that sounds fun. Those are fun roles. Nobody wants to do those. Are you sure? So I did um, step in to do that. And then that same year, um, the lady that played um, Jane McDowell's mother, Jan, had to be gone for part of the summer. And Johnny Warren had seen me do that because our friend Angela was a Mama Maybell. And I was working at the courthouse for the time. The 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 gift shop, the uh, and, and the costume shop had closed. She was done after thirty years. She didn't want to. She wasn't there to have fun with it anymore. There's no point to do it. So I was working in driver's licensing at the Nelson County uh, Clerk's Office, and the um the Nelson County Clerk. Um, I told her that this was going on. I said, it's not going to interfere. He's worked out that all of my rehearsals are going to be at, uh, after I get out of work and then we'll have some put in rehearsals and I'm using my music. My time. It's not going to be, I just want to let you know. And then a week before rehearsals were supposed to start, she hands me a paper that had said, Oh yeah, by the way, you have to submit this to the, um, state of Kentucky because they have to approve your second job. Oh my gosh! And I said, "Oh, well, okay." <laughs> and she goes, "Because they they might not think that it's suitable for somebody that works in and in, in the, for government." Oh, why that was not why all of a sudden she couldn't have said no 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 I know the organization. So that night I went home and um, I asked Kyle about it and he just laughed because he was like. You know what to do. You just want somebody to tell you you should do it. <laughs> so you know what to do. Yeah. And that morning I got to work and I typed up my resignation. And she was like, "What? What's going on?" And I said, "Well, I mean, if if you can't give me permission, I'm giving myself permission." Yep. And the it's rest. Crazy. And the rest is history. Then. And the rest is history. And it, it's you know. Are, it's harder to, you know, make ends meet. But gosh, I'm so I'm 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 back to. I mean, I I got Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> but he was, you know, after especially after the first year, and you know, it was I was glad that I got to be a uh, a tour guide at my old Kentucky home because that's I don't there's not the amount of stress that was going on in that um, in that office. It was that was. You know, I'd be with driver's license with an old lady that couldn't read the form, and I'd be like, oh, it's okay. Oh, you, your hair looks so pretty today. You can't talk to people. What do you mean I can't talk to people? She was frustrated. I told yeah. her her hair looked nice, and she had a, you know, a beautiful sapphire ring. I can't spend one extra minute to have her calm down. Keep the line moving. Yeah. Exact, that's exactly right. <laughs> so I did. I kept the line moving, Justin. Duh. Well, and now so, you keep the line moving in a different way because you're doing the tours. So you just upgrade it. It's still storytelling. Exactly. It's just, it's telling, it's telling a story. So, you know. And now that you're with Stephen Foster, how many people do you all, what's like, what's the typical just for um, Stephen Foster story itself? What is your typical year attendance? Do you know? I, I really don't know. I mean, when the when the place was originally built, I think it it seated. Oh, I hope I'm not too far off on this. I think the number is like twelve hundred. That sounds about right. But yeah, you know, um, that that has not happened for a while for the Stephen Foster story. Now for the second show that they always do. Um, for Joseph and the Amazing Tentacle, oh Mary Poppins, uh, if they if they were if they could have allowed us to set up folding chairs, we could have. I you bet. Know, we, we were oh, yeah. absolutely Beauty and the Beast, absolutely at capacity, at capacity. Um, so that's of course a bigger ticket, you know, meaning it's 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 more money to produce that, as you know. Yeah. Um, and Stephen Foster Drama Association are the ones that uh, the rights to the Stephen Foster story. So, as far as that's concerned, that then you can see how that might be a little bit more manageable. But it's still it's still people's bottoms in seats. It's still ticket sales. 
So, um, you know, they've, they've been juggling that and, you know, struggling with outdoor theater, which, you know, back in the day, a night outside is great. Now it's like, oh, it's not air conditioning. <laughs> We're so conditioned on well, things. Well, that's what a yes. free is for, honey. Yeah. <laughs> you will never experience it. It's, it's, I, I've, I always loved it. You know, we I wasn't in it for how many years, but I knew it. I mean, we lived like, you know, three blocks down from it when we first moved to Bardstown. Yep. So I, you know, you could hear it over the golf course from where we lived. You know, it's just a beautiful experience. And I, I just, I hope that it's something that can continue. So I'm still that kid that just moved to Florida going, <laughs> I don't know anybody, but I know what I like to do. Right. I hope you like it too. It's still... <laughs> It's still that, you know, so little by little. There's still um, a freshness. I, I, well, I still find people who I'm always surprised when I'm like, oh, hey, they, they were talking to me. <laughs> I, I think they might want to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't it's want still, to be your friend? Little, it's well, everybody's crazy, Justin. I recognize my craziness. And, you know, um. You know, I'm older. You know, the kids make friends by, you know, they just, I don't know, they share a bag of, you know, hot fries or Cheetos or whatever it is, and it's instant. For us old people, it's hard to go, should I, um, should I, uh, uh, awkward, awkward, awkward. <laughs> and then finally, it's, after a while, it's, I'm just going to be myself and let the chips fall where they may. Exactly. So, exactly. Sometimes I'm lucky and I get somebody that calls me up and says, hey, you want to talk for a little while? Yay. Justin me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about because I was thinking about uh, Stephen Foster and then Mama Mia, and I was like, "Oh man, I hope they get to do it." And then I was thinking of Kit because Kit gets to reprise the role that we had her at the facility, and uh, it was just so. I, and then I was, and I, I mean, I've talked to you many times, but I have never talked to you about how you got into theater. So with all of this, I went, that's like the perfect story time. Story time with Kit, how Kit got into theater. So I wanted to hear well, your your side of it. Well, I would, I would like to hear everybody else's side of it too. Find out what is, you know, so completely out of left field different and then ultimately find out mm, what is exactly the same. <laughs> Yep. What do we all kind of, you know, kind of look for, reach for, you know, that there's kind all, of thing. Yeah, the different starting points, but then where's, and there's, they'll, if you put the put them on a, a map and a thread, they'll probably, you know, they all start differently, but somewhere in the middle, they'll probably all meet on one thing and then spread okay. out from there. That's probably exactly what it would look like. I just love the challenge of it. I love I love that every single time is something is something that I I I can be a different person. I mean, I'm not schizophrenic. I'm not <laughs> Sally Field and you know Sybil. There's an actress, by the way. Um, but I mean, Sybil the musical is not going to happen, and I'm way too old for it. Um, but it, you you do you get to you get to think about somebody else's circumstances. You know, whether it's ridiculous, like, you know, Young Frankenstein or, you know, just whatever, whatever it was, it, it just, it always brings me such joy to put myself in somebody else's shoes. And finding and those then figuring layers. Out, yeah. Well, and is it, is it meant for entertainment? Is it meant for, for thought? Do I, you know, how do I combine the two? How do I serve the other people that are trying to do the same thing? It's... There is no other art like theater because everybody, if, if there's one element missing, it doesn't come together. You're still telling a story. But oh. in a theater, yep. you know, the the lights are a character. The set is a character. If, if, if the moments don't happen precisely, you know, the crew is so on it. And they never have the, the time that we have. It's, right. so, it's like, what is it? What is it? Just by osmosis, you know what we're going to be doing next. Yeah. You know, it, and I've done that, too. So I have an appreciation for that. I mean, I'm not I'm not, you know, the greatest tech ever was, but uh, there ever was. But 
I had such appreciation for that spot came on in an instant. They got it. Boom. Yep. That was clean. And that was clean. Boy, that band sounds great tonight. And it's always, if you do it so well, people won't even notice and they don't even think it. And that means that you did it exactly right. And then you get no applause for it. And then you get nothing, yes. You get no recognition. You get recognized without being recognized and then without verbally being recognized. (laughs) Well, and you know, there's, there's oftentimes there's in a curtain call where you, you know, you indicate the musicians or you indicate the crew. That means a lot to me. Yep. It really, really does. Because I know, I know how hard you've worked. Or I don't. I don't know the extent of it. Right. But I know your whole heart's in it. Yeah. If it's not, I'm going to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. don't, don't get Kit to call you out. No. See, now I'm a little bit older. I can be a cranky. I can be like cr- cranky Auntie Kit. You've got, you have an excuse now, right? Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> the ex- I, don't know, I don't know if I should go with Auntie Kit or Aunt Kitty. I'm not really sure which one I like better. It, so. depend- it depends on the mood. We'll leave it at oh, that. Oh, yes. Depends on the mood. <laughs> I've got one more, just one more question. Love to. So far, this is just a silly thing. So far, the people that I've had on the podcast, all of them have been to Dollywood. Have you been to Dollywood? Uh, Yes, it was years ago. It was years ago. Was it Dollywood Um, or was it Silver Dollar City then? Um, Ooh. I think it was no. It was like it must have been like the second year that it was Dollywood. Okay. And we and we had not planned on going, um, and we had stopped there. But um, you know, and the best time to go is in the summer. Yeah. You know, and then you know, there's always that. You, if if there's anything else that this time that we're going through right now is is showing us is there is always time to make a little scratch. There's always time to make a little money. And I know there's others that are really rubbing two nickels together. They, that's really all they've got. But for me, to try to get more experiences in my life and spend more time with people, with people, any breathing person <laughs> that I can be next to, that they can, I can breathe next to them. <laughs> um, so that's really something, you know, and uh I think I've told you before that, you know, with social media, it's easy to stalk people. So I've been stalking your social media about Dollywood. And, <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, if I don't get to eat a whole loaf of that cinnamon bread by myself, um, just leave me alone on a log and I'll eat the whole <laughs> loaf of cinnamon bread. Um, you know, plus we 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 know uh, a few people that perform there. David Cross is one. Yep. Uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren Bass is another um, that just um, – their experience there and just it, it, it I can't wait to go. I really can't wait to go. I'd love I'm going to find the time to do it. I'd love to drag you on one of the big roller coasters and just be able to watch you. I think that would be Oh, fun. I'm totally there. <laughs> I'm totally there. I'm, until I get just a little bit older where vertigo really starts to pull me in the other direction. Yeah. Um, we had, uh, in January, Kyle and I had gone to uh, Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. Um, and we were mostly Harry Potter nerds, but, you know, we do kind of the other stuff, too, because we've been to Disney. Not, not really – I've only really been to Disney four times in my life, which seems crazy since I lived in Florida. <laughs> um, it's just not something we had time to do. Um, but the in in the other part of Universal Studios, there's um, – oh, um, the Hulk. Yeah. And yeah. we – we rode that time and time again. Now, Kyle had said at the end, I don't know if I could have ridden it for the fourth time. And I was like, I'm totally there. <laughs> Justin, I want I, – we're getting those GoPro cameras. Uh-huh. And I, I want all of my my face fat jiggling, <laughs> screaming. Um, I will try not to say bad words because <laughs> sometimes I do. Oh, uh. when I do, but I, it's thrilling. I'd love to do it. It's a date. That's, I'd love to. That sounds good. We'll have to we'll have to plan something out sometime. Definitely. But, but then we'll do the cinnamon bread afterwards. Uh yeah, yeah. Probably not best to do it before because I don't think that would end well. 
You wouldn't be able to see anything else because the cinnamon bread would be on the GoPro. Yeah, that's not the image we want to leave your listeners with. Uh, Gosh, I, 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 we have to do this with you sometime. Oh, that'd be fun. Because I'd love to hear your sure. whole story of it too. I, I would, I would love to hear that. I don't love think mine's that. anywhere near as, as uh, awesome as yours. But oh, I don't know about that. It depends on who's telling your story, dear. I guess that's true. <laughs> That's true. And what time of day? Yeah. Yes, and what's your beverage? Yeah, there you go. Well, I really I really appreciate it, um, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for, for thinking of me, and I, I hope I didn't um, go on and on and on. But, gosh, somebody, was, somebody wanted to talk to me. Somebody wanted to be my friend. <laughs> and, and hopefully we'll be able to get out and see you. I certainly hope so. Um, I will. I will be there with bells on. You do that. I'll. I'll hold you to right. it. If I don't right, hear so, jing- um, if I don't hear jingling, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'll have to wait so they won't hear it. So, um, yeah. Um, please, please. Um, you know, wash your hands. Drink the juice. Be safe. Um, anybody, if they're listening, I don't know if anybody ever want to listen to this, but just. <laughs> Be safe. Enjoy the people that you have. That's what that's what we're here for. Enjoy. Right? Yep. Yeah, reach out to somebody. Bye. Say hello. Talk for a little bit. Bring us some yeah. joy. Bring them a little bit of joy. Sounds All good. All right, friends. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. And I'll, I will see you online for sure. I will see you there. I'll stalk you <laughs> online. All right. Thanks, Bye, Kit. Okay. Bye-bye, doll. Bye. And again, I want to thank Kit for joining me on the podcast today, for telling us a little bit about her journey into theater. Let's do a question of the week. What was your first interaction with live theater? If you haven't been around live theater, what are you waiting for? Hopefully that'll be coming around really soon. You can always watch stuff online. Anyway... Let me know. On Twitter, I'm Snapshots Made. On Facebook and Instagram, Snapshots Made Yesterday. Thanks again, Kit, for joining me. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, Snapshots Made Yesterday are the memories for tomorrow. Thanks for listening.